Okay, great. Guys, thank you again for, for all the for all the prayers and the and what you guys have done for my son. Thank God we've had, we've had good news. We've had the, the medicines working, although we do have a year to go, and this is just the beginning. But so far, so far, so good. And I definitely see his attitude is changing, and I'm very grateful again everybody for their for the kindness and and tremendous prayers and tremendous. I, I honestly, it's, I'm very blessed to have an army behind me of so many people that are caring and giving back. It's beautiful. I mean, this is exactly how we fight with, with the opposite of what's happening in the world, all the conflict, all the strife. And if we could just have a, you know, a group of people united and, and you know, all, we want the best for each other, I think that can make a, a tremendous difference in the world. So tonight's class, I decided just to take a little break, a little bit of a break from the regular class. And I want to talk about maybe 15, maybe 15 to 20 books that I strongly recommend everybody. Um, and I also will do a Q&A right after. Right now, between you and me, one of the biggest escapes I have today is opening up a glass of wine and reading a book. Because I've seen, you can't even turn on your phone anymore. You can't turn on the news anymore. It's just, it's, it's, it's a disaster. I mean, you can't even, not even five minutes to even scroll to even watch an NBA game. You hear this matters and that matters. It's just, it's, it's so much. It's so much that I said, you know what? I, I, we, I, the more I'm realizing how, I, I, you know, you can put on the phone for five minutes, you just get completely nauseous of what's happening in the world. So I said, you know, when it's, I'm telling you, one of the biggest escapes I have is opening up a glass of wine and reading a book. And it does unbelievable things for your mind. It clears your mind. And also at the same time, you're able to learn and you're able to apply to the extent of the knowledge that we have is the extent of obviously our prayers become better, the way we deal with things become better. So it's very, very important to have new information. In order to have new thinking, you have to have new information. So again, I'm going to talk about 15 to 20 books, which some of them are must, must. And, and we're going to talk about different, way different topics. After that, we'll do a Q&A, Bezrat Hashem, uh, two minutes on Elul. If everybody has experience already dealing with 2020, as difficult as it is, imagine dealing with Elul and 2020. So you just, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just hanging on to, uh, you know, the mornings are great, and then the afternoons just become very, very tough. And I'm very, very tough-minded, but it's just, no matter who you are, it's just the afternoons have become brutal. And tremendously, tremendous, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of highs and lows. And, you know, the, the advice in, in Elul is just to hang in there, either to run or return. Remember that concept. Just run and return. Don't get into the negativity. Just run and return. You're either running or you're returning. So don't don't get don't get so a person shouldn't also lose despair because he's getting all these ups and downs. I'm getting them and I'm teaching this stuff. Expect them, and this is the way it's going to be in Elul. And hopefully, this Rosh Hashanah by Rosh Hashanah, we can we can wait for something big to come to us, either Mashiach or something else. I I, I don't know what it is, but I've never had a situation in my life where there's been this amount of darkness and some light does not come afterwards. So everybody should have hope, should have calmed down. There will be a light afterwards. It's always the same way. Light always comes after chaos. All right, so let's start. First, recommend, obviously, one of my favorite books called Tomer Devora. Everybody has to have this book. The one of the segulas of this book is one of the rabbis said it's actually a cure for cancer, believe it or not, that a person practices. 
He can actually he can actually cure cancer by just reading it. It's one of the segulot. Obviously, I can't tell you to just don't do any medicine. Just read it. But the power of the Torah Devor is that in the same way that we, because what what's the most the biggest issue today is obviously people holding in emotions, people holding in grudges, people holding in hate, people holding in things, blaming people. So what the Torah Devor does is it tells you you're allowed to emulate. If somebody wrongs you or somebody harms you or somebody does something to you, basically you can want, use one of the 13 attributes of mercy. And instead of holding in a grudge and hating that person, all of a sudden you start showing that person mercy. And as you show mercy to them, what happens is a reciprocal effect in heaven that God sends you mercy. So again, every, everybody, specifically husband and wives, specifically in Elul, I can't recommend this book enough to everybody. And it's called Tomer Devor. And specifically, this book is by the author of the book. It's Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein. You could buy this book on Amazon. This is a must. Before you buy anything else, this is an absolute must. Tomer Devor. Number two. The Garden of Amuna and the Garden of Gratitude. These books are by Rabbi Rush. Believe it or not, the Garden of Amuna and the Garden of Gratitude it's like a muscle. Gratitude and, and faith is like a muscle. If you work it, it works for you. If you don't work it, it just all of a sudden you can be, you can believe in the concept of gratitude. You can believe in the concept of faith. But if you don't work it, it's just gonna little by little you're just gonna get caught up in negativity. So gra- Garden of Gratitude and Garden of Amuna, I, I try to review them once a month just to get my perspective off. You know, because sometimes our perspective is just completely we lose our perspective so quickly. Garden of the Moon and Garden of Gratitude before Rosh Hashanah, read the Garden, at least read the Garden of Gratitude because it's going to teach you, you're going to go in there on Rosh Hashanah praising your Creator, where the rest of the world is going to say, just get me out of this mess. Imagine going into Rosh Hashanah instead of asking Hashem, get me out of this mess, get me out of this crappy year, get me out of this. You're going to say, Hashem, thank you for everything. You're the greatest. I can't wait to have another year. So obviously we have to act better than we feel. So Garden of Gratitude will, will tremendously change your perspective. And will. And Rabbi Rush does a phenomenal job on how really what gratitude is about. And I've never seen such a simple yet effective book like the Garden of Gratitude and the Garden of Amuna. So that's the second one. These you can be buying, buy them in. I think he sold maybe four to five million copies of, of these books. Number three, again, I'm not exactly saying in particular order. We're just going with the pun. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal book by Mastering Relationships by Mordechai Weinberger. Mordechai Weinberger is an LCSW. And he does a phenomenal job at using the four elements and recognizing that if you know the other, if you know your other person's elements, you could deal with him completely differently. Like my son, he's an air sign. So air signs, if you tell them what to do, they do the opposite. But what air signs like is they like, they like space. They don't like to be suffocated. So it teaches you literally to properly, whether it's our wives, whether it's our children, it teaches you and it gives you examples on how to properly speak to them. Obviously, a person who's very emotional, you have to speak to them completely different. Somebody who's very earth, you have to speak to them completely different. And it really tells you, and this is really a game changer, because once you know where your spouse is or you know where your kids are, you'll know how to change your, your strategy with them. 
you'll know how to speak to them completely different and much more effective. Instead of, for example, telling an, an air side, do this, do this, do this, do this, now, 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 now. All they want to do is anytime you tell them something to do, they do, they do the complete opposite. So you're going to get more frustrated and more frustrated and more frustrated. And then they're going to completely, completely do the opposite. So what it teaches you is let you do what you need to do and let them watch you. They usually copy you. So that's just an example of an air sign. A water sign is very emotional, very driven. And it really teaches us based on the four elements, which is based on Kabbalah, which is based on more, more of the Rav Chaim Bital. It goes into details between parents, children, how to specifically deal with each one of each one of them through the four elements. This is again called mastering relationships. A must. It must. A must. It will bring you peace between your, your husband and your wife, and it will bring you peace between you and your kids. Most important. And most important, you're going to change. You're going to change the, your whole strategy on how to deal with each individual. phenomenal book by my buddy Benji Epstein called Living in the Presence. Living in the Presence. Such a phenomenal book, Living in the Presence. I would tell you today, think about it logically. Either people are depressed or people are anxious. Bottom line. Nobody's very present today. And he takes a lot of books here from Rabbi Nachman. He takes a lot of stuff from Rabbi Kugzal. And you have to understand something. People that want to hold on to the past is because they want to control. They don't want to let go. They just don't want to let go. That's the job of the ego. The ego's job is to not let go of anything. It likes to hold on. It just can't let go. And the future, the job of the ego is to control your outcome. So you can see how much pain the ego is causing. So what this book does, it teaches you to be present. And really, again, when I'm learning about being present, when I'm focusing about being present, when I'm reading about it, it does a tremendous, you'll see, you'll you'll be much more happier. In his book, he also talks about that most people are, are not enjoying the process. They're just going after the prize. And he brings an example here from Adam. Adam and, and, and the sin of the, of the tree. When the tree and the, and the, originally the tree and the fruit were supposed to be one. But what happens is because the, four, the, the fourth day of creation, the earth complained. So all of a sudden the earth, the tree itself, the bark of the tree, and the fruit became a separate thing. What does that mean practically? Practically it means that we're not enjoying the process. We only want the prize. So any time that we're literally trying to always get something to be happy, what are you doing? You're really chasing the fruit and you're not enjoying the process. So this book is, again, my buddy Benji Epstein. It took him four years to read it. It's a phenomenal book on, on being present because being present means happiness. Being present means everything. I can't be grateful if I'm not in the present. I can't be grateful if I'm anxious. I can't be grateful if I'm, if I'm stuck on grief in the past. So this is a must, must read. And you know, it's another good, another good strategy is if you tell your partner, oh, by the way, you need to work on being more present. Oh, by the way, you need to work on this. They're usually never going to listen to you. Somehow or another, our spouses usually never listen to us because they, anything that comes from a, from a, a spouse, oh, it's an attack. Uh, you, you're saying something is wrong with me. But if you say, you know, what a good book I read. I'm becoming so much better in that book. I love it. Try to look at, see if you like it. It's such a different approach when you actually at, tell somebody you suggest a book instead of telling, by the way, you know, you're too, you take things too personal. Or you're, you're always living in the past. It doesn't work. So usually I like recommendations instead of demanding or telling people what to do because, you know, usually with the way you do it, it usually doesn't work. Another phenomenal book 
It's All in Your Mind. This is a book by Sarah Yosef, the granddaughter of Rav Chaim Ravadi Yosef. And she took a new age secret law of attraction in a Torah angle. Phenomenal book. It talks about visualization, talks about being creative, talks about how to, how you can, you know, the, you know, she gives an amazing example, amazing example. And she gives an example on how sometimes if you feel like your husband is not a provider and that he's never going to provide for you, what happens? You can actually send him like negative, negative signs. You can have a bad image of him. And what happens is when you start speaking to you, start, you start disrespecting him and you start not believing in him. But she, she tells you here, imagine like he's the greatest provider. Imagine him, he's the best husband in the world. It's a little bit of an Azamra concept, but it really teaches it, it, all Jewish sources. teaches us really how to change the way we look at somebody. And when you change the way you look at somebody, you can actually send them positive vibes. And this is book, again, this is, it's, it's All in Your Mind by Sarah Youssef. I can't stress how good this book is. The next one. Advice or a bit more advice? Either one. Advice or a bit more advice is basically Rabbi Nachman's book on topics. Basically, it takes maybe 20, 30 topics. And it'll give you like three, four lines on each topic. So it's not so long. So in case, let's say you have five minutes to study, 10 minutes to study. You don't have a lot of time to study. This is a phenomenal book that you can read something in five to 10 minutes, get something and absorb it instead of, you know, opening up the whole book. So the book is Advice. This is one of the books that got me closer to Rabbi Nachman's teachings. Advice or a bit or a bit more advice. Give me one second. One second. Okay, next one. A new light. This is a book by Rabbi Rush. You see my notes on the book. A new light, the garden of yearning and will. What happens is, is anything spiritually, anything across the board, in order to get something that you want, you're going to have to yearn for it. Yearning is, is the biggest energy that we have, desire. It comes from the energy of Ketur and Kabbalah. So it teaches us that whatever we want to do, whether it's you want to start forgiving somebody or whether you want to have, uh, you want to start to talk to God or whether you want to have, you know, different things in your life, usually anything good usually is carried by tremendous amount of obstacles. So it teaches you that first, when a person is hit by obstacles, normally today, it's very common to get very frustrated when you get obstacles. You get frustrated or we quit or we, we blame it on somebody else. So Rabbi Rush is telling you it's all about yearning because then he takes the, the, the concept from the bread of shame that anything you receive without paying for it and without earning it, it's going to be, it's called like the bread of shame. So whatever I get without earning it, it's going to lead me to shame. I'm not going to appreciate it as much, but when, when I yearn for something, when I pray for something and I really desire and I get it, it's going to have a bracha. So that's why Rabbi Diarizal says, that if you receive something and you didn't pray for it, it could be that the thing will go away from you. But if you prayed for something and you received it, that thing will stay, stay with you. So teachers is very simple that we always have to yearn. We always have to desire. 
nothing is going to come easy to us. And this is something that involves so much mental, so much mental strength, because at the end of the day, you know, you could, you, you could try some, to, trying to do something 30 days, 40 days, 50 days, you keep on doing it, and your mind's telling you, like, why am I wasting my time? This is where the yearning happens. The yearning happens when you have to constantly push. I cannot tell you guys how much you have to push. If you want to get anything in life done, there's no, no shortage of desire and pushing. And this book will tell you on how to get, how to get to the next level of desire and how to get to the next level of yearning. Every time I open up the book, I get such inspiration. And I said, maybe I'm not pushing enough myself. And it really, really inspires me, that book. Phenomenal book. That is the garden of a new life, the garden of yearning and will. This is a must book called Wisdom. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom. This book talks about, the first half of the book talks about Rabbi Nachman's life, what he, what he had to do to get to Israel in his whole life. And the second half of the book talks about very short statements. Um, I take a lot of classes from this book. And again, these are short. It's not, nothing long. It's something that you can, you, know, you can read. This is one of the struggles that I'm having trying to make my book. I don't know if I should have something really short, like one-liners, or something very profound? Do I do it for the whole world? Do I do it just for religious people? So I'm very, confu- I'm very confused on what exactly, what is the best method on, on creating a book? Because at the end of the day, I recognize people don't have that much attention span today. People want to get something quickly and they want to move on because we're so programmed to get everything quickly. So again, this book is phenomenal because it is quick. It's a book that you, it's an easy read. The concepts are there. He'll talk about something for a, a paragraph. He'll talk something for a page where you, your, your train of thought is there. It's not like you're, you know, you're thinking about a hundred things. This is a must. If you're going to buy any book from BRI, Breast of Research Institute, it's called Wisdom. One of my favorite books by David Hawkins, Letting Go. This changed, probably changed my life, this book. This book changed my life completely. And because letting go all talks about how all of our stress is internal, never external. And it's because we accumulate so much pressure because of all the things that are happening to us. And if we don't find a way to release it, to let it go, it becomes part of us. And, and all of a sudden we start walking around with moods and we stuck around with bad, bad mindsets and tired. And then when people, people speak to us, they trigger us and they make us upset and we take things personal. And it really goes into how to elevate your consciousness. And that's all through letting go, letting go, which in the Hebrew word is called bitul. This book is a must. It's a must, a must, a must. As you see here, the pathways of surrender. It's all about surrendering your feelings. Because remember, thoughts don't create feelings. Feelings create thoughts. If I have a fear, feeling of fear, then I'm going to have five, ten different thoughts that come into my head. But once I start letting go of the fear, or the feeling of the fear, all of a sudden the thoughts completely, completely will be removed. I start move, removing the feelings. Because remember, when you think about something a hundred times, it becomes a feeling or a belief, and then it gets stuck to you. So what you have to do is you have to start getting rid of the feelings. And once you start getting letting go of the feelings, the minds all, all of a sudden, the thoughts go away. It's really, really phenomenal. This is a, a must, a must, a must book called Letting Go.
David Lieberman, let never get angry again. Again, love love his stuff. Never get angry again. And Free Will Works. These two books, Free Will Works and Never Get Angry Again. Never Get Angry Again speaks about, gives you like 20-something topics and speaks about self-esteem, your connection between self-esteem and how you treat others, family conflicts, family relationships. And all David Lieberman's books are very like my classes. They're very strategy. It talks about strategy. It doesn't leave you 100, you know, 100 pages with just fluff. All his things basically have strategy. Either change your perspective, everything's strategy. Again, and he recognizes the reason why we get angry is very, a lot of like, it's because we have either low self-esteem or because people, again, accumulated pressure. But this is, again, a must, must book. Never get angry again. How Free Will Works talks about um, all kinds of chapters about mindfulness. He talks about um, he talks about uh, motivation. He talks about willpower. He talks about self-esteem, but it's all based on the Torah. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. These two books are by, by David Lieberman, and they're both talks about, obviously, free will. How much free will do we have? How much bitachon? How much, how much effort should we put in business? How much, how much, what is, what happens to you if you don't have faith? And he really, really goes into depth on how to the, on, on how on these things. These are two must free will work and, and never get angry again. That is again by David Lieberman. Another great book. This is by Steve Friedman. Is stay within, be within, stay above. Okay. What happens is stay within, stay above is a great book because it's also, he, he takes maybe 15, I'm sorry, 150 lines, pages by the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And he speaks about all kinds of, um, you know, all kinds of, um, you know, d- different small topics, but he'll bring a lecture from Lubavitcher Rebbe and then he'll bring it out to you. Again, beautiful, beautiful book. Also, also short, all of these books are easy reads. They're not books that are, that are, they're heavy, you know, books that you could really, really read, et cetera. The next one I really, really love is Seek Peace and Pursue It, Strategies for Peace. This is also by David Lieberman. Phenomenal strategies on Shalom Bait, how to deal with in-laws, how to deal with uh, emotionally unstable people, how to deal with people who don't listen, how to turn a complaint into a plus. I mean, all, 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 Small chapters, but very, very, very strategy uh, on heads. Vidalia, quick question. The last yes. book you mentioned, yes. who's it by? Seek Peace and Pursue It, David Lieberman. David Thank Lieberman. You. Thank you. David Lieberman. Say thank you and see miracles. As you see in my book, I've already said thank you for my son's cancer. I've already said thank you for all the things that have happened in my life. And we're going to see miracles after we say thank you. Why? Because life is happening for us, not to us. And Hashem is only doing things for our benefit. And when we get into a a greater consciousness, and we really believe that, we activate tremendous amounts of mercy. So that wake-up call is no longer needed to wake you up. That wake-up call becomes the new vehicle where you get closer to Hashem. 
So when you say thank you and see miracles, you talked about 190 stories how people said thank you before before they were, you know, people had thanked thank for all kinds of tragedies. That every single case where they said thank you and they really believed it, not only did the situation go away, but it turned out 10 times better. And this this book, why it's so, it's so important, this book, it's because it teaches you that you don't know anything. How do you like that? You don't know anything. And the more you know in life, the more you recognize you won't, you don't know anything. And we only, we always look two to two years, a year from now, and says, "Wow, I can't believe you know I went through that situation. I'm, if it wasn't for that situation, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for that situation, I wouldn't have done that." We always say that. You know, people tell you, "I'll laugh one day when this thing is over." Basically, start laughing and thanking right away, and this way you'll bring the situation to be over. Not only will it be over. But it'll turn out for the best. And where he takes this concept from, and he takes it from the Gemara, and, and Gemara, and, and I believe the Gemara Brachot, and he takes it from Lesson 5, that when whoever puts the, the heaven as a partner in his distress, as a partner in, in, his, in his issues, as a partner in his problem, they send him double. You get double the outcome, double the, the blessing on this. So it's almost like if you don't have the constriction, you can't get the double. So if you look at it that way, you should say, wow, I can't wait to put Hashem as a partner in constriction. And when you do that, not only do you, do you not win, you win double. You win double what you expected. And I've seen this across the board. We have to put our creator as a partner in our constriction. That means thank him for our problems. Thank him for what you think is a problem. Again, it's only our mindset that's telling us this is good, this is bad. Like I've told you guys a million times, we don't know anything. We know as much about things that people know about coronavirus, which is nothing. Again, say thank you and see miracles. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. Rabbi Kramer came out, Rabbi Kramer is my rabbi, he came out with this day by day by day by Rabbi, by the daily dose of Rabbi Nachman. What this book does is it takes nine to 10 books from Rabbi Nachman's teachings, and it basically gives you a portion for the day. There's 10 volumes. This book, you, you have to buy it in breastlove.org. There's 10, 10 volumes, but each day, for example, the 11th of Adar, the 15th of, uh, the 12th of Elul, well, I don't even know what day we're on today. But for that day, it'll give you six, seven chapters, which will take all seven or eight books of Reb Nachman, but it'll only give you a small portion for that day. And this is a new project that was created. It's called Day by Day, a daily dose of Reb Nachman. It's also a five to 10 minute read. And at least you're able to, you know, like the DAF, why is the DAF so, you know, learning Gemara every day? Because, you know, you're programmed to learn. Oh, I have to learn the DAF. The same thing with this. You're, you, you have like a schedule every day. Okay, I got to learn 10 minutes of this book. 15 minutes of the book. It keeps you very, very focused on that. That This book can be bought in breastlove.org. And this was Rabbi Kramer. Think good, and it will be good. This is one uh, another great book. This book is by Rabbi Daniel Schombeck. What he did is he took Torah philosophy, and he took Viktor Frankl's teachings. Victor Frankl is known for logotherapy. Logotherapy means a therapy based on meaning. That means I can go through a traumatic situation. I can go through a situation that's difficult in my life. 
But if I don't attach meaning to it, then what happens is I can still get stuck there. But what the Torah does is it tells us that everything's happening for a benefit. Everything's happening for your benefit. So what happens is when you have something happen to you, you attach meaning. And this is what Viktor Frankl was, was all about. He, he spoke to us about how the way we, we, the way we interpret things, the way th- what things mean to us is determines our feelings. So he takes the great concept between Viktor Frankl and he takes the Taurus concept and he really meshes the great. He's also a licensed therapist and he's a licensed mental health counselor. And he's really, it, it's all also a lot of strategy and a lot of things on how to, you know, work and deal with anxiety, deal with depression. Um, again, this is think good and it will be good. It's a combination of Lubavitch Rebbe's teachings, a combination of Viktor Frankl's teachings. Both phenomenal. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. This is, it's by Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey's not Jewish, but his seven habits are very, very Kabbalistically I would say he, he probably got this from a, a Kabbalistic teaching. It really teaches you how to be proactive instead of reactive, play offense instead of play defense, which is a Gamar talks about. How we, have to, we have to wake up like lions. It teaches you how to, how to listen, listen to be understood, instead of understand, listen to understand instead of understood, which talks about the principle in Kabbalah called Hod. It talks about synergy, win-win. When we go in, we try to we try to make peace with our wives. We're really winning between you're winning with your wife and you're winning also with Hashem. So I, I did a few classes on this book, but it's all very st- strategic that you can really use for for Judaism, etc. And I think how many is that so far? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I, I have, think that I is, have nineteen. You have nineteen. Yeah, you That's, missed nineteen. I said so far. Yeah, you're missing okay, Garden of yes. Souls. Garden, Garden of Souls is Rab Nachman's book on suffering, on, on how to attain healing through going into Bittal. And that's a, it's a lesson 65 in Rab Nachman's teaching. So again, beautiful book. It's called Garden of Souls. And that is by Abraham Greenbaum. And another book on healing by Rabbi Abraham Greenbaum is The Wings of the Sun. The Wings of the Sun is a book that takes the Rambam's teachings, it takes Rav Nachman's teachings, and it meshes it together, and it talks all about healing. It has prayers in there, it has strategies in there, it has stories. I, one of my favorite books, I don't, have it, I don't have it in my house because I have it in the office. It's called Wings of the Sun. And the last one, if you, the, if you guys like what the, the last couple of classes that I they listened, The Spiritual Revolution of Rav Cook. Spiritual Revolution of Rav Cook another phenomenal book that goes into Rav Cook's life and it's very, very catered for today. Again, I must miss, maybe I missed some, but these are about 20 books that, again, guys, spend less time on the media, spend less time listening to, to garbage and, and just pick 20 minutes, a half an hour, open up a glass of wine and read a book. I'm telling you, it, it, it resets your mind because what's going on out there with, with, with with political and, and being, you know, all this, all these right, it's just, you're going to lose your mind. Your, your body and your mind cannot handle so much stress. So those are the books. I'm open to take questions. Yeah, Gadali, if anybody has any of, questions. One yes. of the books you mentioned was Self-Esteem in the Talmud by Rabbi Israel Roll. Yes, to- I forgot that one. Yes, thank you. See, I, I, this is why you get the big bucks, uh, Uriel. Self-esteem in the Talmud by, by Yisrael Rome gives us, he gives us amazing, amazing examples from the actual Gemara on how to build self-esteem. 
This is by Rabbi Yisrael Roll. Yisrael Roll has run many books, but my favorite one is Self-Esteem in the Talmud, which is itself is the self-esteem book, but uses the, uses the Gemara, uses all Gemara sources, and he does a phenomenal job on that one. Okay. First question Good. is, do any yes. of these books come in Audible? Um, I don't think so. I don't know. This I don't know. I don't know. But you know, it's funny. Even if you get the Audible, you're going to be on your phone. You're not going to be. It's not. I, I find that it's not as effective because you know you start looking at your phone. You're listening. You're trying to multitask. Next thing you know, you miss half the book. This is really about really, really like getting out and just sitting down and, and letting your mind your mind relax. But I have no idea if they come in Audible. I have no idea. Okay. Um, My class is coming Audible. That's for sure. <laughs> Okay, um, someone just uh, messaged that Letting Go does come on Audible. The book Letting Go does come Perfect. on Audible. Um, so someone asked, Perfect. I have a hard time with prayer. What are some examples of prayer? Is it saying Shachrit and Mincha or just doing Hidbodadud? What are some examples of prayer? Both. It's both, both. One is, the, one, is the, one is the regular prayer we do in, with the Siddur, but the other one we're talking about a majority is his bodhidut, is talking to Hashem. That's what we refer to in the classes. And if you want to go on YouTube, I have five or six classes on YouTube, on, on his bodhidut. Okay, I'm not getting... That's really his bodhidut. His bodhidut is really where you're going to get the majority of answers in your life. You're going to get the majority of the answers in your life in his bodhidut. Okay, I'm not getting much questions. I'm gonna post the names of the books right now, but okay, we should also we should also mention that uh, a few of the authors of these books we had a Zoom meeting. We should definitely look back and uh, see how we right. had a discussion with them and how they uh, told us how they got to write the book. Great, perfect, perfect. Okay, good. So just write again. Add these other ones, but everybody again. Strong, I strongly recommend. You know, you're getting into Rosh Hashanah. Go, go into Rosh Hashanah with a calm head. You don't go into Rosh Hashanah with, with all this garbage in your head. I mean, I, I stopped watching a lot of this stuff. It drove me absolutely crazy. And I just started reading more, and it really settled me. And it really helped me. You also Good. want to talk about uh, Tikkun Aklali a little bit? Yeah, Tikkun Aklali is, is, is not so much a book, but it, it's the 10 Psalms of Herb Nachman. On Elul, specifically for men, it's a great remedy for spiritual blemishes revolving the brit. So that, that we can we can you can actually post a class on that one. But the Kunaklali is really the ten psalms that Ramachan wrote. God willing, I'm headed to Uman in two three weeks. I'm very excited. It will be it will be my first vacation of the year, believe it or not. It's not really a vacation, but I'm headed there. And um, this is what one of the things that changed my life was actually fixing my, my Brit and getting married and, and being spiritually whole. So those are one of the things. Again, we, we have many classes on Antikuna Kuali. Today's purpose, I just want to really talk about the, the, the 20 books. Okay, so a question that just came in. If we, we are supposed to accept something in our lives that we don't want, does that mean we should stop praying for something that we do want? Are we supposed to stop praying for something when we accept it? Question mark. Very good. 
So the, the first thing is you have to align your will with God's will. That first is acceptance, because without acceptance, my prayers will be like self-pity. I won't, pr- I won't pray with happiness. I won't pray with joy. It'll be like, oh, I can't believe I've got to deal with this issue. So what happens is, and your mind's not going to work if you don't accept. Acceptance is faith. Once I accept, then I can ask my, my creator for the silver lining in that situation. I recommend for that person who's dealing with acceptance is say thank you and see miracles. Because it teaches you first, you have to look at everything as one. That Hashem is one. That he's doing it for your reason, for a reason. Once you realize that, then you invoke faith. Once you invoke faith, then you could start working on the solution. So acceptance is first. You know, so maybe Hashem, for example, maybe you, you, you know, you, you're trying out to be a banker, but Hashem wants you to be an artist. So, you know, you're trying to push to be a banker, but you're not meant to be. Your soul is not meant to do that. You're meant to do something completely different. Or you're meant, you think you marrying this person is the right person for you, and all of a sudden it doesn't go through. You have to accept it. And then, once you accept it, other doors open. But you can't open, other doors will not open until you close the other ones. Okay. Um, what happens if you're not sure what you should be working on during Elul? Well, the two main things, the two main things to work on in Elul are the following. Humility. Humility is one. Because remember, Rosh Hashanah is about praising your creator, crowning your creator. And the second one for men is sexual blemishes. Those are the two main things Rav Nachman says that you should really, really work on. Humility is number one. And second is sexually, sexual transgressions. Those are the two things that we have extra favor in this month of Elul to rectify. Okay. He refers it to Don Vishtok, being quiet and silent. That means... Believe me, you, you're going to feel like you got a lot of embarrassment this month. You feel like there's a lot of extra, like, things where you're, like, you're like forced to shut your mouth. And it's been very hard. And specifically this month, there's a lot of, you have to just be quiet. Be quiet. Don't be stop. Accept and recognize it for the best. So how would that apply to women? You said that, you know, it's for sexual trans, uh, for sexual actions. How could that be applied to women? Also. Also, they can, they, they, again, women can also have, a, have this issue. You know, they, they have to understand. They, they're going out with a specific guy. If they're going out with a guy who have, they have no intentions of marrying, and they're just, you know, fooling around with this person, then they're not going to attract their soulmate. They're not going to attract the real person that they really need. Because what happens is when we get into these relationships with other people, after a relationship comes a lot of confusion, if you know what I mean. You don't get, there's no good things that come after these ridiculous relationships. I remember being in these kind of relationships and after I got, after these relationships, I walked out of there like I just got hit with a football field. It's just, you walk, you, uh, they, they, you get confused, you get confused, you get negative energy and you can't see clear. So what happens is when the right person comes to you, you don't have the right, clear, you don't have the right clarity. So it's very important to that every time you are going into these relationships, you get negative energy from that person. It's not so simple that you just get into a relationship. Oh, I'm not with them anymore. There's a residual effect of being with, with, with certain people. You should know that. Okay. 
Um, what is the difference between tefillah and formal former formal prayer? Well, one prayer is, 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 is the, the prayer of Shachrit, Mincha, and Arvit. Those are the daily prayers that we that the that our sages wrote, and those are we, that we say every single day, Amidah, and and Shema, and all that. Those are based on on, on in the Siddur, and this is what the our sages wrote. But the what the, the his boat the dude is really a conversation with you and Hashem, it's a conversation with you and your father, talking about everything that's going on in your life. When I'm talking in Amidah, when I'm talking in in Yishtabach, when a prayer during the, during, during Siddur. I really can't express what I'm going through. I can't express the pain that I'm going through. So I really need that time to talk to my creator and have that consolation and really, really speak from the heart. What happens is if we don't speak from the heart, we start getting cold. We start living a life of things become cold in our lives. We become, we become cold. Our spirituality becomes cold. And then we don't feel like doing things anymore. So it's very, very important that your heart, you have to exercise your heart. And the best way to do that is to speak to your creator. Prayer is a service of the heart, not of the lips. Okay. Uh, this person asked the question, uh, this person really struggles with the concept of being thankful when they're going through su suffering, especially when a loved one is sick or the, the, this person is losing a son or a husband. Right. Is it true right. that I have, is it true that this person has to become much closer to Hashem at this time? But, um, sure that there's many other ways to you know connect to Hashem and get closer to him um why is it that she's going through this rather than other ways right I, I recommend I recommend the book The Garden of Souls which talks about suffering and going into Bittal because Hashem sometimes wants you to close your eyes to a much bigger picture and again and we are not our higher power we don't understand his teaching we don't understand the way he runs the world but what my goal, the goal of my teachings are, are the following. They're not necessarily going to take away all your problems, but they're going to give you peace of mind. And through peace of mind, you will be successful in other areas of your life. You know what I mean? You need peace of mind because if I'm, if I'm busy battling 10 different battles at the same time, I'm not going to even want to wake up in the morning. And that's the danger. So the key is to have peace of mind. You know, you have a boat. And you have different compartments in the boat. Okay, your son is sick. Put that in one department. But you don't let that all of a sudden become the catalyst to screw up your, 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 your shalom bayit, to screw up, you're not doing classes anymore, to become a victim. You have to keep things in a, in a really you have to keep things in different compartments. People, unfortunately, do not know how to do that. So they take one thing and the next thing you know, it just goes all over the, their life. It becomes, it runs this, it runs this, it runs this, it runs this, it runs this. And they start walking in, and they start walking around like, you know, in a constriction consciousness. And when you're in that mode, nothing gets, nothing gets accomplished. Not only do you not fix the problem, but everything else gets, gets pretty much sunk in. And you know what? We could be talking about this, but obviously I'm going through something right now, as you guys could see. And you, you could see, thank God, I've, I can pretty much handle my composure. And you guys also saw two years ago when I was in New York and somebody in front of 900 people, somebody yelled and yelled at me in front of 900 people and I, and I didn't lose my composure. I'm not, I'm not talking about me myself. I'm trying to explain to you. 
that if you do the work and you, and you start releasing every morning and you follow the classes, you will be a person that will be able to retain comp composure during the toughest situations in life. And once you do that, then you build a vessel and you can handle much more things in life. But if you, if you get thrown off by one thing in life, then everything's going to throw off. And that's one of the things you guys need to understand that. We're here to gain, we, we need to regain composure. We need to regain composure. So you mentioned that it's easy to forgive people, but what happens if that person won't forgive, like the person that, you know, what that, if that's not reciprocal? Right, so that, that you can change. You can change. Obviously, there's, you have to try to do it very calmly and you have to, you, you have to apologize. This book is great on that. Seek peace and pursue it. It, talk, it talks about how to how to get somebody to. You you have to. But the main thing is you shouldn't be offended by what somebody says something to you, because what people say to you is nothing about. It has really nothing to do with you. It really has to do with the way they feel about themselves. Because when they feel about themselves or they're stressed out, what do they do? You become the you become the punching bag to other people's messes. But believe me, I witness it all day long. You just become the unloading. People just don't know how to control their feelings. Instead of talking to the creator, what do they do? They just dump it on you. And what, and this is why, why, why would you take something personal? The person doesn't know how to handle deal with their emotions. and wants to dump it on you. It really has nothing to do with you. It has to do with what he feels about himself. So a person wants to know what's the best uh, book to read right now before Rosh Hashanah, like a quick read. Garden of Gratitude and Toma Devora, I would say. Those two, those two are, are a must. Because remember, we, on Rosh Hashanah, on Rosh Hashanah, we have to crown the king. So we're here to crown him. Gedalia, it, we can't hear you so well. The whole purpose of Rosh Hashanah is to crown your creator. Okay? But if you show up to Rosh Hashanah complaining, give me a better year, give me better this, give me better that, without asking to become better yourself or without having a real perspective, then you've missed the whole boat. So Garden of Gratitude and Tomer Devorah are phenomenal books right before Rosh Hashanah because it teaches you how to be godlike and it teach and changes your perspective. You don't want to go to Rosh Hashanah with holding in grudges and having a, a, a very narrow perspective. And I mean, I don't need to talk, but you could see what's happening. All of these people that are complaining about the United States and how terrible it is, are they fixing anything? They're getting justice for who? Who are they getting justice for? They can't even, they can't even fix themselves. They can't even fix themselves, and yet they're claiming that the whole world is broken. It's the, it's the biggest hypocrisy in the world. Imagine I can't even make my own room and I'm saying that the whole, the whole, my whole, everybody else's house is dirty. Make your own room, then tell me that my house is dirty. But imagine having a sloppy room and telling the whole world your house is dirty. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. But that's what happens when we lose perspective. We, we just project, project, and we don't even realize it. Okay. Um, how should a person approach... Uh... 
OCD rather than just uh, the therapies that are uh, exist today? What other things could help treat OCD? Right. He 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 speaks a lot of that. Um, what's his name? Daniel Schombeck. Look up Daniel Schombeck. Think good and it'll be good. And he talks. He has, a, he has he's a therapist and he gives he gives like two or three classes on YouTube on OCD. I think also uh, there's a couple books on uh, an OCD from uh, from Tversky, Rabbi Tversky, a few books on, uh, on on religious obsessions. Thank God I, I don't really have those, so I, I don't I can't really relate to it, unfortunately. Okay, I don't see any more questions. Good. Good? Thank okay. you so much. Have great. Thank you guys. Have a great night. Bye bye. Bye bye.